Singers and I, Ed Peters, welcome you to What's New. We return today to Matthew chapter 24, moving on to verses 36 through 41. In these verses, Jesus adds another sign that will appear just prior to his return and to the end of the age. It is the sign of Noah. The days of Noah are described in Genesis chapters 6 through 9. In verse 5 of Genesis chapter 6, Moses gives us the mindset of those living just prior to the flood, and he writes, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination and the thoughts of his heart were only evil all the time. And Jesus here in Matthew 24 tells us that this will be the case just prior to his return. Now, here are verses 36 through 41 of Matthew chapter 24, and they read, But no one knows the day and hour when the end will be, not even the angels, nor even God's Son. Only the Father knows. The world will be at ease, banquets and weddings and parties, just as it was in Noah's time before the sudden coming of the flood. People wouldn't believe what was going to happen until the flood actually arrived and took them all away. So shall my coming be. Two men will be working in the fields. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be going about their household tasks. One will be taken, the other left. Here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. The return of Jesus Christ to our space is a theme often repeated in the Bible. Jesus himself talked about it as Matthew records his words in chapter 24 of the first gospel. Jesus listed signs that should serve as signals to that generation that the end of the age might be near. I have spoken about these indicators on the past 12 What's New programs. Today I come to Matthew 24, verses 36 to 41. Jesus makes it clear that no one knows the precise time that the Lord will return, except 
God the Father himself. The signs coming together would, however, point to his return, and no one should miss that impact. Now Jesus points to another sign, and that is the fact that the final generation will resemble the people living in Noah's day just before the flood. The flood was called a deluge, and the people before the flood were called antediluvians. Now, here are Jesus' words recorded in Matthew 24, 36-41. He said, No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. The account of the flood is given by Moses in Genesis chapters 6 through 9. If the times of the end of the age are going to be in some ways similar to the times of Noah, then we need to ask, in what ways? What are the similarities? And that's my focus for the next two programs. In these words of Jesus, he emphasizes the unexpected suddenness of the flood. It caught the people unawares, as will the return of the Lord. Evidently, Noah's generation was ignorant of God's word, and of the impending disaster, so will the final generation before the Lord's return. That's what Jesus wants to emphasize about the return of Christ. It's sudden unexpectedness, and very few will have observed the signs and be prepared. There are many other comparisons between these two generations, but this is the one Jesus wants the generations following his to notice. It is clear from the flood account in the Bible that before God sent it, as Moses described those people, every inclination of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil all the time. That's Genesis 6, verse 5. In verse 12, Moses wrote, The earth was corrupt in God's sight. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. Peter, too, writes about the wickedness of the antediluvians. It is clear that God had been removed from the thinking of these people before the flood. That seems to be a major characteristic of that generation. Evil was widespread and no one expected God to step in. Evidently, God wasn't an option anymore. There was total disregard of God and his word as it came through Noah. Neither God nor his word had any effect on that generation, neither in motives nor in actions. They lived as though God wasn't. If they confessed the belief in God, it didn't show in their lives. Their faith, if they had any, didn't touch their actions. It didn't filter down to their behavior. 
Perhaps Noah's words seemed antiquated and outdated to these progressive antediluvians. No doubt Jesus included this impiety of these ancient people when he said that the generation at the Lord's return would be like the generation in Noah's day. It would appear from observation that our society is moving in that direction very quickly. It was this impiety and wickedness that caused these antediluvians to be ignorant of God's word, and therefore the flood took them by surprise. It wasn't that God hadn't spoken, but that they hadn't listened. And that's what I want to focus on now. Jesus said, they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Interesting. They had heard Noah preach for possibly 120 years. He had pleaded, warned, possibly begged. These people heard the truth. They saw Noah build the ark. They saw the gathering clouds. And when the rain started and the floods came, they could have concluded that maybe Noah had been right, but they didn't. They didn't connect the words of God with the events of the day, at least not until it was too late. They had the signs, but those signs didn't impact that generation. If they did know, then what did Jesus mean when he said that they didn't know? Evidently, they deliberately forgot. When you read the two letters of Peter, that becomes clear. These antediluvians forgot because they had ignored the words of God through Noah, and they ignored reading the signs. They were willfully ignorant, and no ignorance is worse than that. They deliberately rejected truth. I want to come back tomorrow to the comparison of the generation in Noah's time to the generation at the close of this age. Noah's generation had the truth, and they chose to ignore it. I have a good friend who knows the gospel. He has heard it clearly many times in his long lifetime, but he chooses to ignore it. He knows it, but it doesn't seem to impact him. Although God has sent him a number of warnings, he evidently hasn't recognized them. And I'm afraid that someday before too long, he will suddenly be swept into eternity without the Savior. And that's the greatest tragedy, to have heard the truth of the gospel and to deliberately and willfully ignore it until it's too late. I pray that before that time, he will soberly and rationally open his mind and heart to the Savior. Why can't I live my life without losing it? Why can't I grow without why can't I live for you, Lord, without dying? There must be an easier way. There was no easier way for you. There was no easier thing you could do. The cost of my life.
What's new is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.